From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. The Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh is coming to libraries all over Allegheny County, including uh, Braddock, McKeesport, Forest Hills, Monroeville, Pleasant Hills, and a bunch of other places, Clareton uh, among them, to work with children this summer to help them understand the stories of uh, some of the children who were lost uh, in the, the Holocaust. Our guest this morning for the half hour is Lauren Barron. Father. She is executive director of the Holocaust Center of uh, Pittsburgh. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning. T- tell us, uh, first of all, um, before we get into this particular program, which is called the Butterfly Project, and it's going to run June 15th through August 8th at libraries all over uh, Allegheny County. Tell us first what the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh is. People may have visited the Holocaust Museum, but they may not be familiar with the Holocaust Center. Um, it's, a, it's a great place to start talking about the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh because some people don't know that we exist. Right. So we're always glad to have the opportunity to talk about ourselves a little bit. We've been around since 1980, but we served a very specific audience at that point. We were working with teachers and with schools, which we still do, mm-hmm. but it's become part of what we do. Um, as we've done more community outreach, Butterfly Project and Libraries is part of that. Uh, But right now, where we're located, which is in Greenfield, we have a gallery space. We've been mounting original exhibitions since the fall of 2015. Okay. Um, We welcome school groups and other kinds of groups. And our main focus and what our mission is, is to teach people about the Holocaust and make connections with the Holocaust to events that are happening now. And so you're you're in the Mon Valley. You're on, like, Hazelwood Avenue, correct? We are on Hazelwood Avenue at the top of Browns Hill. Okay. Oh. So, sure, absolutely. Uh, Give us your telephone number and a website, if you can, please. Absolutely. Our phone number is 412-421-1500. That's 1500. Mm -hmm. And our web address is hcofpgh.org. Okay. And how many days a week is the center open? We're open to the public three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we take groups by appointment. Okay, so school school groups, and, church groups, uh, temple groups, that kind of thing. Yeah, any kind of group. And we also welcome people to call, and you gave out the phone number, and I know we'll give it again. If um, our public hours, which are 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock Monday and Wednesday and 10 to 2 on Friday, if that doesn't work and someone really wants to come, just call us. Okay. And is, is it appro- what ages are appropriate to visit? I mean, what kind of things are, are on exhibit? What kind of things are people going to learn? So we don't have anything graphic on exhibit. Mm-hmm. Generally, when we're working with students, we work with middle school and high school and above. We do adult education as well. Um, but we know that people come here with younger children, so we don't want to have anything that would be really disturbing for them. So um, we think about that all the time. When we do the Butterfly Project in libraries, we will have some younger participants. So we're communicating with librarians to make sure that our content will be suitable. Um, yeah, and I think that's something that that probably uh, is, is probably would probably concern a lot of people uh, with this library project. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more about the Butterfly Project that is uh, coming to libraries throughout the area, including Clareton, Braddock, uh, McKeesport, uh, Forest Hills, and Monroeville uh, later on this year. When we speak of 
the Holocaust. We are speaking of genocide. We're speaking of the the, the state sponsored right. by the by the Nazi German government, but also unfortunately cooperated with by a lot of other Eastern European governments that resulted in in an ethnic cleansing of, of approximately how many people we now believe. Uh, well, we know that more than 11 million people were killed by the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And it's important to us at the center, though our roots are in the Jewish community, and that's a very important part of our existence, mm-hmm. that we're not only talking about the Jewish victims of the Holocaust. We're, we're so talking that, of political opponents. Uh, there were Jehovah's Witnesses. There were Catholic yeah. priests. There were Protestant ministers, um, Soviet uh, uh, prisoners of war, uh, gypsies. Um, so, homosexuals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the gay and lesbian community. So not just Jews, although the roots, uh, as you said, of, of the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh are, 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 are inextricably tied. But so many uh, groups that were targeted. Well, isn't that the truth? And so it's important for us to get that message out that the that the Nazis targeted many, many different groups of people. And they were just as vicious, although their obsession really was wiping out the Jews of Europe. And 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 horrifyingly, they did, according to most historical records, unfortunately, a very thorough job, something like two thirds of the Jewish population of Europe. Yes, that's exactly right. That's staggering. I mean, that is mind-blowing um, un- until you go back and you look at the historical record and you see that, you know, there was this vibrant uh, ethnic and religious Jewish culture in Europe uh, at the first part of the 20th century. And then by 1945, it's, it's gone. It's, it's, it's wiped out. It's dispersed right. either throughout the world or um, so many people who, who, who died uh, in what is now known as the Holocaust. That, that is exactly right. It destroyed, not only did it destroy Jewish culture in Europe, it destroyed a lot of European culture. Yes, yes. So, I mean, the Nazis were basically killing their own culture. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible time. Uh, Lauren, Lauren Barron's father is executive director of the uh, Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh, H.C., of pgh.org or 412-421-1500. They are going to be working uh, through the help of the Heinz Endowments uh, in libraries throughout uh, our listening area, including our Mon Valley libraries here, McKeesport, Clareton, Braddock, Forest Hills, uh, Monroeville, um, to help children uh, learn about the Holocaust in an appropriate way uh, for for children. Um, You you said the center was started in 1980. What was the impetus uh, back then, and I, I think that's probably before you got there. <laughs> but what was what was the impetus? <laughs> I'm sorry, that was funny. It okay. was a little bit before I got yeah, a little okay. bit before I a little got bit here. before you got there. But what was the impetus for first founding it in 1980? Why 1980? What was happening? Well, this is really a great question. Um, so, what was happening in Pittsburgh was that children of Holocaust survivors were meeting together, really in support groups, and a lot of what they talked about was that they didn't know what their parents' experiences had been. Over time, Holocaust survivors joined the group, but often it was not the parents of the men and women who were already in this second-generation kind of group. They decided that there was a need to do something to be sure that people were learning about the Holocaust, and it evolved with community support into a Holocaust center. The timing is very interesting. Um, In 1981, there was a gathering of Holocaust survivors in Jerusalem. Mm. After that, a lot of cities started educational resource centers. Ours was actually ahead of the curve. Yeah. We had an educational resource center about the Holocaust long before many cities in this country. Why do you think... Now there are about 80. Yeah, why do you think that is? Why do you think Pittsburgh um, was uh, ahead of the curve? Which is not always... The the joke, of course, in Pittsburgh is that we're not always ahead of the curve. But why in this case were we? (laughs) 
I would say that it has to do with the vitality of the survivor community exactly. and of their children, who are still very much a part of what we do here, even though, of course, we don't have very many survivors anymore. Well, and, and I was thinking the, the vibrancy of the Jewish community, um, yeah. not just in, in Pittsburgh, largely centered in the East End, but also in the Mon Valley in towns like McKeesport and Manesson and Clareton, which all had uh, synagogues and um, ethnic and religious uh, Jewish communities. And plus, education has always been an important part of uh, life here in Pittsburgh. Yes, and I wanted to add that there were Holocaust survivors, of course, in McKeesport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, gonna, well, I was just about to ask, that segues into my next question. We're going to have to take a break here in a minute or two, but that segues into sure. my next question. It, 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 was anybody ever able to get any kind of a, a, a number of how many Holocaust survivors ended up coming to the, the Pittsburgh area? Do you, do you know? I've heard different numbers, but I would say that it was around 400. Okay. And and yeah. And you said in in 1980 the the children of survivors were starting to meet so the second generation were their parents and grandparents talking about this because I can't imagine how hard this would have been to talk about. So most of them didn't have grandparents although in some cases two generations were able to survive the mm-hmm. Holocaust and we have one survivor here who came with his father they okay. both survived. But were they passing stories down or 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 how not, were they stories? Not really. Them? Yeah. Not really. So that's where this whole thing started, that the children of survivors were saying, we know there's something here, but my parents won't talk to me about it. Okay. You know? and, they, and the other change that happened, and this is important for why the 1980s, is that that's around the time when we started to hear these stories of Jews resisting the Nazis. Okay. Prior, prior to that, the story of the Holocaust and Jews and the Holocaust had been lambs to the slaughter. No one fought back. When, in fact, we know a lot of people fought back, and to survive, you had to fight back in some way. And we know of a lot of uprisings, yeah. Yeah, once those stories came out, then now there's pride in being a survivor, whereas before, the way that survivors were treated, there was maybe some shame. Let's pause right there. When we come back, let's let's talk about the the events that led to the founding of the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh a little bit more. And then uh, in, in a couple minutes, let's get into this butterfly project that's going to be done with school children uh, at libraries uh, this summer throughout the area. OK, OK, sounds good. Uh, Lauren Barron's father is executive director of the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh. They are online at hcofpgh.org, or you can call them at 412. 412- Four two one one five zero zero. They are in the Mon Valley area. They are on Hazelwood Avenue in Greenfield. And you are listening to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes. Support comes from the readers of TubeCityOnline.com and the Tube City Almanac. And we thank them for their support. If you'd like to contribute, please visit our website, call us at 412-614-9659, or email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. Welcome back. Our guest this morning, Lauren Barron's father. She is executive director of the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh, hcofpgh.org, or you can call them at 412-421-1500. They are open three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays in the Greenfield-Hazelwood area, um, but also uh, can also accommodate groups by appointment. When we took the break, we were talking about uh, the events that led to the children of Holocaust survivors in the Pittsburgh area founding the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh, and as you pointed out a few minutes ago, was not just... Jews, although that was unfortunately the the, the Nazis single minded determined determined to uh, 
uh, target that Jewish population in Europe. But it was also any political opponents. It was gypsies. It was Polish people. It was Jehovah's Witnesses. It was uh, Catholic and Protestant priests who resisted the Nazis. It was the gay and lesbian community. It was ethnic Russians, all kinds of people. I mean, the estimate is up to 17 million. I saw at one point, but we know about 6 million European Jews exterminated there uh, between 1933 and 1945, depending on where you put the numbers. One thing, you said the Holocaust Center was founded in 1980 in Pittsburgh, and one thing that also, it seems to me, was on the rise, and unfortunately, we're starting to see this on the rise again, there was a neo-Nazi movement on the rise in the late 1970s, early 1980s, particularly in England, but some of it in this country, there were, were Nazi rallies uh, being held. Uh, their movie Skokie with Danny Kaye was made, I think, about that yeah. time. Um, what, was that another a, a, a event that sort of led people to believe, hey, we need more education about this? I would say that that's one of the things that encouraged survivors to start to tell their stories. So you asked earlier if the children of survivors were hearing stories from their parents yeah. or from their grandparents, if they were lucky enough to have grandparents that survived. Yeah. And the answer was no to a certain point, but around the 1980s could have been because of the rise of neo-Nazis. The March in Skokie is famous. If... Um, that might not have encouraged survivors to start to tell their stories. It, it definitely did. I know that after that, survivors thought, oh, we really have something important to teach people. Well, and, and they and, need to hear it. And, and as time goes on, memories start to fade. And I don't, we, we really don't get too political on this show, but I do want to ask you. We have seen over the last few years, uh, not just in this country, but in other countries, the rise again of hate movements, and they, they often say that history does not repeat itself, but it rhymes, and it's a lot of the same groups that are being targeted by a lot of the same persecution. It's it's people of mixed race. It's uh, people who are, it's, it's Jews and people who have Jewish backgrounds. It is gays and, and lesbians. If, as, as the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh, I, I, this alarms a lot of people, but it must really alarm alarm you. It does, but it also motivates us. Okay. It shows how important what we're doing remains and how much people need to know about the Holocaust because we see what happens when we go down this route. But we also know that if people are vigilant and outspoken against this kind of hatred, then we can make a difference. If people come to the the museum there uh, or the center there um, on Hazelwood Avenue in in, in Greenfield, um, what sort of exhibits do they see and are they interpreted? Do you have a docent or a volunteer who kind of takes them through and explains to, to, to people. What, walk me through the museum or the, through the center. So what we have here is a gallery at the front where we have our revolving exhibits. Our current exhibit is based on our comic book series. And if you haven't seen it, I'll have to get one to you. Okay. Um, we have a comic book series called Chutzpah Superheroes of the Holocaust. And it tells stories of local Holocaust survivors and also of international rescuers. Okay. So a few months ago, we currently have three volumes. A few months ago, we opened an exhibit that uses art from Volumes 1 and 2, and what we do is we highlight themes of resistance. So people who come to the center now will see this exhibit. It's art that's in the comic books with a narrative of different kinds of resistance, you know, including armed resistance of the partisans, student resistance with the White Rose Society, political resistors like Raul Wallenberg, who saved over 100,000 Jews in Budapest mm-hmm. at the end of the war. It goes on from there, but it's a really inspiring and hopeful exhibit. When we can do that, we want to do it. So people can come in and learn about the Holocaust, but also learn about people who fought back and saved people at the risk of their own lives. Incredibly important stuff. 
We also have historical artifacts and documents that people can see, including a concentration camp uniform coat. Many people have not seen those in person. It's worth coming just to see that. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say that. That. Um, and how long is the comic strip or, or the comic book art um, exhibit open until? That will be up until September. Okay, so people have the all, all summer to see that, and it strikes me that um, uh, two ways that uh, young people have probably been exposed to the stories of the Holocaust. One would be Art Spiegelman's classic. Mouse graphic novels, um, which explore his own family's history uh, through graphic novel form. And I, several years ago, read Will Eisner's uh, graphic novel, uh, The Plot, um, which yes. talks about the, the, the hoax and some of the propaganda that led directly uh, to the political policies that then led to the Holocaust. So uh, it's not far-fetched at all to be telling these stories in graphic novel form, is it? It seems to be a very effective way to tell these stories. There was some controversy around doing that here in the first place. Some people thought that we were trivializing the yeah. stories. And we were able to convince them Yeah, that this is a good way to reach people, readers of different levels. Some people read the art. Some people read the words. Yeah, um, I, I think the, 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 art, the pictures combined with the words is what really drives it home in a way that the words on the page, you know, it's it becomes statistics. It becomes, it starts to blur almost. I mean, the, to, to imagine 17 million people or to imagine 6 million Jews exterminated, that's almost a blur. It's almost a statistic. But if it's a picture, right? It, it, what does, how does that tell the story a little bit better? Well, it's, the pictures are part of it, but it's also, in the case of Chutzpah and other graphic novels, we're talking about um, connecting with an individual's story. So you you know this person now. If you have one person out of six million, then you have a connection. Are, are, are six million is impossible to imagine. Uh, of the approximately four hundred Holocaust survivors that that you're aware of that settled in the Pittsburgh area after World War II, have any of them left behind um, uh, oral histories or video or audio? Do you know of? And, and is any of that available at your center? Many of them were recorded on video and on cassette. The, video, the cassettes are still on cassette, and that's a project for the future. Mm -hmm. We also had a lot of VHS tapes, which we had digitized over the last year. Okay. Those are available at the center. Eventually, they'll be available online. So if people are doing research or they want to learn more, or they want to write more, or maybe they have a family member that they found out um, was a survivor, the story may be there at the center. Absolutely. They should reach out to us. Uh, give us the, the phone number and the website address again. The phone is 412-421-1500, and the web address is hcofpgh.org. Uh, Lauren Barron's father is executive director of the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh. When we come back, we're going to talk about these, uh, the upcoming schedule of events and what these events are. It's called the Butterfly Project, and it's being done uh, with the help of the Heinz Endowments and the Allegheny County Library Association about... Um, uh, 17 or 19 different libraries uh, in western Pennsylvania, including uh, all of our Mon Valley libraries, I think, Clareton, Braddock, uh, Forest Hills, Monroeville, McKeesport, are going to be participating. And this is a project for school children to learn the stories of specific children uh, who died in the Holocaust. Uh, when we come back, can we describe that project a little bit better than I've done? Is that okay, Lauren? You've done pretty well, but yes, let's do that. Okay, we'll be, we'll be right back here on Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. 
You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email tubecitytiger at gmail.com. Welcome back. Our guest for a few more minutes is Lauren Barnes, father of the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh. They are at hcofpgh.org. We can call them at 412-421-1500. They do welcome groups. Uh, they are located um, on Hazelwood Avenue in the Greenfield section of the Mon Valley uh, in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, so easy to get to if uh, you're within the sound of my voice. They're open three days a week and also can be open by appointment for groups. Uh, this summer, uh, the Holocaust Center Center, uh, was recently awarded $50,000 from the Heinz Endowments to partner with the Allegheny County Library Association and to be doing something called the Butterfly Project. Why is it called the Butterfly Project, Lauren? Well, I'm going to give you even more background. Uh-oh, okay. Uh, what it is, there's a famous poem that was written by a young man in the ghetto concentration camp in Terezin, which was then Czechoslovakia, near Prague. He wrote a famous poem about a butterfly, and that inspired two people in San Diego to start this project to remember children lost in the Holocaust. So what we're doing comes from San Diego. What we're doing in libraries is the second phase of the Butterfly Project in Pittsburgh. So if I can back up a tiny bit, you asked me what people will see if they come to the Holocaust Center. Mm -hmm. In part of our space, we have what we call the Butterfly Wall, which includes butterflies that were painted in schools last year. And it's an art installation by a local ceramicist named Alex Paul. She works with a woman named Deb Engelbaugh. This is a beautiful work of art. It's because of these butterflies that we painted a year ago that the Heinz Endowments became interested in doing this. And my frustration in the first round, which was really wonderful, was that we didn't reach as many people as I wanted. And that's how the idea came together to work in libraries. Okay. So the whole project, participants will paint a ceramic butterfly they will learn about one child. So they'll be thinking about that child while they're painting. Um, What we're doing differently this time is that the same artists who built the butterfly wall are making all of the butterflies that participants will be painting. Last time we bought them, and that was fine, but this time it really is an all-local kind of effort. So still working with San Diego, but making it all locally. We are painting all over the Mon Valley, as you said, and in other parts of the city and inside the city. And each library will have their own exhibit afterwards. So the libraries that are painted in McKeesport will be on display in McKeesport when it's all said and done. And we're also concluding the program on August 26th with a screening of the documentary that is about the Butterfly Project. So it's called Not the Last Butterfly. Okay. Um, 1.5 million children were lost in the Holocaust. And um, it's actually a larger number if you include all of the different victim groups. They say 1.5 million Jewish children. Yeah. So one quarter of the Jewish victims were children. Uh, um, and, and can you give us the dates, please? And I know people are, are in the car or they're, they're only kind of partly listening, but can you give us the dates of, of when you'll be in the Mon Valley area? I would love to do that. And it's also all online. Yeah. So um, Braddock, June 18th. Okay. Let's see what else I'm looking for here that is in the uh, Mon McKeesport, Valley. McKeesport, Clarendon. Yeah. McKeesport, July 13th. Okay. Clareton, August 6th. Uh, Monroeville, July 27th. Okay. And I believe Forest Hills, uh, you're going to be in that area? Did I see that correctly? 
think we are going to be in Forest Hills, but let me see what the date is for okay. that. That one isn't jumping out at me, but okay. I will, I'll let you know in okay. two seconds. Um, or, or Pleasant Hills. Maybe I'm thinking Pleasant Hills. I, I don't remember. Um, uh, and, and how will they learn about this, the child's story, that the, the, the child who is participating in the Butterfly Project? What will they receive? What, what will be, what, what, how will they get the story? They will receive a card with the story of a child. It'll okay. include a photograph if one is available. We don't always have photographs of the right. victims. But if we have one, it'll be on that card. And how old are the children who, who can participate in this program? So ideally, it's middle school and older, but we will have some younger children. And so anyone who's listening who's planning to participate and has a child younger than, say, 10 years old, we will tailor the content so that it's more suitable for even younger children to participate. So what that means is we won't be that specific about what happened in the Holocaust. How, but what, we have a lot of material so we can tailor this and make sure that, you know, we don't want to cause any trauma for right. the participants. It's a beautiful experience. It involves painting and art. So um, generally, people who leave, um, leave this session will feel hopeful. And well, in the few minutes we have left, how can parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles talk to their kids uh, about the Holocaust? Because I'm sure that's a, a question, a concern that someone who's going to bring a school-age child to this would yeah. be concerned uh, about the trauma. What is the message you can convey to, to a young child? Oh, that's a very difficult question, yeah. but generally what we would talk about is um, neighbors and helping people that you know and um, respect and, and kindness. And, and, and tolerance, I guess, and inclusion of other people. I mean, usually kids get that. It's like we have to be older not to be inclusive and not to be tolerant. <laughs> you know? So, so the, the, the reflex of a kid is to want to include, and it yes. becomes a learned behavior to exclude. I would say yes. Okay. Okay. Is, is there any cost to, for the kids to participate in this? No, it is absolutely free for people who want to participate. And, and about how long will the events at the different libraries take? It'll probably be about an hour. So there will be an educational component and then painting. We thought before that um, students would paint very quickly, but when we did it, they were so painstaking. They yeah. really wanted to create an object of beauty. Yeah, good. And and do they need to have a, a parent or guardian or, a, or an older sibling with them? You know, that is up to what the libraries have planned. So okay. I encourage anyone who's interested to go to our website and see when and where and reach out to your local library. Um, please come. Okay. It's going to be beautiful, and we're excited to connect with so many different parts of the region. It, it's called the Butterfly Project. Um, give us your website address and your phone number once again. Okay, we are at hcofpgh.org or at 412-421-1500. And um, the, the, the current uh, program, the, I believe it's, it's called Chutzpah? Yes, Chutzpah, Superheroes of the Holocaust. The exhibit is The Art of Resistance. Okay. And uh, we really haven't talked about the fact, and I know we're just about out of time, that the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh was originally created by the Jewish Federation of Greater Pittsburgh. Is that true? And is, that, is the Jewish Federation still involved with the Holocaust Center? Yes. So technically, we are part of the Jewish Federation. We operate under their nonprofit status. Okay. Uh, but we operate also fairly independently from the Jewish Federation. So we're, we're very close, but we do most of our own fundraising, for example. And um, we're really, we partner with them. It's a, it's a very nice relationship. Um, the way that we were started is we had the survivors and their children who wanted to do this when we had support from the leaders of the Jewish Federation 
then the whole thing got moving. Sure. And, and, and I, and I so, should... Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so when I said that our roots are in the Jewish community, that's what I mean. Okay. And, and I really should say, too, that it's not just a Pittsburgh thing. You reach out into the panhandle of West Virginia and over into the uh, eastern part of Ohio, correct? We're talking to Cleveland about doing a program. Yeah. So, yes, and we were talking about that today. And when we say Pittsburgh, we don't really mean Pittsburgh. You don't mean the city of. You certainly mean the, the Mon Valley and uh, all throughout uh, uh, western Pennsylvania and the, the tri-state area. Uh, Lauren Barron's father is director of the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh. They are online at hcofpgh.org. They are coming to nearly 20 libraries uh, in Allegheny County, including the libraries in uh, our Mon Valley area, June 15th through uh, August 8th with a program called the Butterfly Project uh, for children, uh, middle school and above, uh, to learn about the Holocaust. Lauren, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us today. Thank you. And thank you all for listening today to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.